Hi, my name is Philia, and I'm here with my co-host, Yemi. Hi, guys. Welcome to Treading, Treading Faith. Faith. Treading Faith is a weekly podcast dedicated to taking a deep dive into open, honest, and fun conversations that surround our everyday life and our walk with Christ. According to 1 Corinthians 2, verse 5, faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. So, Yemi, what are we diving into today? Well, we are continuing the season of the Power Parables, where we take a closer look at the parables as told by Jesus Christ, which gives us insight into the kingdom of heaven and teaches us valuable lessons. This week, we will be covering, or on this podcast, we will be covering the parable of the par prodigal son. But we have a special guest today. Everyone say hi to Ebby. Hi, Ebby. Hey, hi, everyone. How are you all? I hope all is well. Yes, we yes we're well. You. So, Ebby, would you go ahead and please uh, share this parable with us? I'll be reading the parable of the lost son, which is um, Luke 15, verse 11 through 32. And it starts, Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger of one said to his father, father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the young son got together. All he had set off for a distant country where he squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's high servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against the heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still along the way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against you. I've, excuse me, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near to the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him, what's going on? Your brother came home, he replied. And your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The bro older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, look, all these years I've been slaving for you 
and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I can celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him? My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we have to celebrate and be glad because your brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you for that wonderful reading. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Of course. So do you want to tell us more about this parable, Ebby? So with this parable, um, they had of the prodigal son, you know, I was reading, understanding the parables of Jesus Christ. And there's so many messages that can be taken from it. You know, one about, you know, it was saying in the parable that, you know, it can be perceived that, oh, this son wanted his father dead. And now the father celebrates the son now that he's returned. How can he do that for someone who wanted him dead? And, you know, it can also be seen like, you know, the son was selfish or as the older brother was saying that, oh, you never celebrated me and I never disobeyed you. So there's so many messages of like either jealousy or, you know, just being selfish or even, sex, you know, none of those, no negative um, statements, but like self-exploration. I want to discover what's out there in the world. Let me take my father's money <laughs> before he's dead to go celebrate and see what's out there and not really stay by my father, learn from him more. I want to see what the world has to offer. And there's just so many different messages that can be taken from the parable as to how it relates to the human experience and forgiveness. You know, it's not all that, you know, this son may have wished something negative upon the father, but he prioritized his own needs and his own desires before his own. That's some of my thoughts. What do you guys think? What, what do you feel is going on in the parable? What messages did you take? from it well i think similarly i think that there's messages from all three perspectives from the father who is loving and forgiving immediately from the son who the prodigal son or the lost son who goes out into the world and you know he just pretty much you know slams shuts the door in his father's face or puts a slap on his father's face to say he wants to be a person of this world, right? Like we all know that we're chasing the things of the world. And then there's the third son, the older brother, who's dutiful and patient and, and obedient, who feels left out or neglected because there was no celebration for him. And so I can, I think I can relate to all three perspectives. Or I can see from all three perspectives, right? The father being God, right? Who is loving and willing to embrace us when we're lost and we come back home. He's happy, right? He's not admonishing us for all the sins that we did. Everything is made new, right? Once you um, ask for forgiveness and you reconcile with God, everything is new. Then I'm also a prodigal son like... I'm on Instagram and I want to live my best life. I want to do this. I want to spend my money on all these things. And, you know, I'm thinking, ah, <laughs> if I broke down my business, right? Like I'm spending my money, right? That is the jam. <laughs> I'm doing the things of the world, right? 
only like if, if something bad happens, I'm going to run back home and, um, you know, ask, ask my parents, you know, real life, like, oh, I lost all my money. Please, I need a place to live. Or, you know, something's wrong when you're chasing the things of the world. And then you pray to God and ask him for forgiveness and to set everything right. Right. You get in trouble and you be like, God, get me out this jam. I've been there. And I've also been the dutiful one who's like, wait a minute, I'm the one who's been doing all the good deeds. I'm the one who stayed. I'm the one who's doing the work. I'm the one who's staying late hours. I'm the child who does everything. Yet everyone else is getting rewards. Like when they come, everything is like, oh, my child, my child. Or, you know, in work, they get paid more money. And I'm just like, wait a minute. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing the work. I'm here. Look at me. Look at me. Not realizing that I've I'm already living in my inheritance. I think that's what the father was saying. So I I think of it from all three perspectives. I think that there's a message in everyone and I feel like I could be in every position. What about you, Philia? Um, I love both of those points and I would equally agree. I see this parable as this saying that a mother or father mm -hmm. is the happiest as their unhappiest child. Mm because mm -hmm. no matter how wonderful and successful your children are if one of them is least successful you would never really be true truly happy because you want all of them to be equal in your eye you want all of them to be equally happy equally <laughs> successful so in this case the father re, um, rejoices because this child who has gone astray who had this son who has done everything to disobey to disinherit everything um that he that was rightfully his because it belongs to you know as long as your son it belongs to you he did everything and then there's this 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 wonderful son who is obedient who has humility and everything the father is basically saying that you have all of this everything here is at your whim but your brother what has gone astray and that's why we should rejoice and that's why we should party because now I am happy as a father that both of you are uh, equal. Both of you have everything of mine. We just needed him to repent. And I feel that this is God's, um, this is where God feels joy when he knows that all of his children are equally happy, not one that has gone astray because just like a parent, no matter how wonderful and successful your children are, if one is least successful, that is where your happiness or your happiness is from that lies in that in that child's unhappiness and i think that that is what this um parable uh signifies to me mm -hmm. that is an interesting point it also reminds me of the song prodigal son by fred hammond mm -hmm. because the words the lyrics of his song speaks exactly to what you said feeling <laughs> like i'll just read a little excerpt of it and it states um and what makes you think i'm no longer your father father for nothing can separate you from my love. And each day I go out to the road where you departed, saying maybe today my lost one will come home. Mm -hmm. In the hopes of your return, I stand with open arms saying, prodigal son, come back to my love. You are the one that my heart seeks for. Whatever you've done, I cannot remember. Although there are many in my house, fulfill my joy and come to me, my prodigal son. Please hurry home because I love you. And it just speaks to that. To me, it speaks to that connection between a parent and their child. Granted, children go astray and just us as the children of God, 
we go astray every day. <laughs> Everything, there's certain things I'm sure we're doing that God is like, really? <laughs> you thought that was good. <laughs> that was a good decision. Yeah. And, you know, that could be, you know, considered going against the will of our father and stepping out and going astray for our own self-discovery. But there's never a day that our Heavenly Father does not, you know, one, pray for us and just, you know, pray over our safety and our sound, our sound body and mind and request for us to return. Like, all right, go out there, learn your lesson. I have given you the the choice of free will. Go out there, learn your lesson, but I definitely want you to come home. You are not still my child. And I still, you know, I don't wish anything bad upon you. You're still of me and I still wish greatness upon your life. So go, go forth, but yet come back. And when you yeah. come back, I will receive you right. with welcome arms and love. Yes, yes, amen. I love that. It's it's so sad, but yet still so true. You know, I, I a, a great example of this is my, you know, my sister had passed, uh, away it was just myself and my sister in 2006 I don't behind three children and her youngest at the time was four and he's the closest to our family the oldest two I mean we're we're close to them but they don't come around as often of course they're a lot older now they are what I think 30 27 I believe and my nephew is 19. so my mom is always asking oh have you seen Isa and Abby have you spoken to them? I'm like, mom, everybody's doing their thing. You know, the last time I spoke with my niece, she's like, I'm laying low. You know, I'm doing my thing. I'm like, laying low, laying low. Like, like <laughs> where I, you hiding from? <laughs> and I was just so appalled by that, that, that answer that she had given. So my mom every day asked, and I'm like, mom, if I hear from her, you will be the first person to know. And she would always say, hey, hey all those doctor's appointments, my grandchild, she doesn't love us. I'm like, mom, she loves us. It's just some people have a different way of showing it. You know, she's just doing her thing. She's young. She lives with her boyfriend. She's doing her thing. You know, so the other day she calls and my mom is like elated. I swear you would think she has no other grandchildren. And, all <laughs> of her grandchildren and I'm looking at her like this woman. And she's like, how are you, stranger? I'm like, mom, please. Like, you, you know, you are happy and jumping for joy. And she was tearing up and it was just so sad to watch because I'm like, wow. Like she was very hurt by the decisions of my niece and nephew not really calling. And she said, oh, I called you several times. And Abby was like, I only saw one call. You know, <laughs> she's like, no, I called you two times in September. You know, and it's just, it was just really interesting, but she's happy now. And Abby, you know, called her and they talked, they caught up. You would never think anything was even wrong that she pretty much disappeared off the face of the earth for a year at least. So it just reminds me of this. Like my mom now is just like God. It's just, it's just happy that this one that has gone astray is now back. And now we are, we are, we are rejoicing. She wants to make pepper soup. She wants to make jello fries. I'm like, wait a second. I'm the good kid here. How can you not cooking this stuff for me? So I feel like that son is like that has everything at his whim, but yet mm. still there's no rejoicing for me. And I'm like, I don't understand. I take it to your doctor's appointments. I do all this stuff. Nobody's cooking pepper soup and jello fries for me. What's going on here? But it reminds me of this story. So that's my share. <laughs> that's so funny. I mean, is. <laughs> I, I think like with your mom and the Fred Hammond song, it's all 
about unconditional love, mm-hmm. right? It doesn't matter yeah. what you are going to do out in the world because we know that this world that people fall prey to the lore of the world. Like we are in this world and sometimes we're of this world, right? Like we're not supposed, to, we're supposed to be set apart, but we don't, you know, it's really hard to live in this world and not get taken, swept up by the things of the world. Like, right, we look at our peers, we look at social media, we look at the news, whatever we're looking at, it infiltrates our lifestyle. And we chase after those things instead of being quote unquote, oh, well, not quote unquote, but being obedient to God and chasing after him. You know, we put more value into the things of this world, like money, career, status, you know, those things are the things that we chase after more than God sometimes. But God can loves us unconditionally, right? He's the mom who's always like, did they call today? Did they call today? <laughs> and, and you know, there's a celebration when you repent and return home because God doesn't want to lose any souls. He loves us. I mean, he gave us his only begotten son just so that we can have a path forward with him. That's love. That's true sacrifice for reconciliation. And it's great that we know that, but are we the type who's like, you know, if I get in trouble, I'm just going to repent and say, God, forgive me and ask God to keep take me out of this bind. Some of us use God like that. Some of us use him as like a, a, a genie in a lamp. Mm-hmm. But he's, right. he's someone who loves us, who doesn't want bad, bad for us. But sometimes we learn from the consequences of this world. And he's not, he can't stop every bad, he's not going to stop every bad thing that's going to happen to us when we have consequences based off of our choices. Mm -hmm. And as for the child who's like waiting at home and it's like, why didn't you cook me pepper soup? Mm -hmm. God is like, all you needed to do was ask. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So even when the prodigal, when the father is talking to the oldest son who's angry and he's like, you've never gave me anything to celebrate my friend. And he's like, everything here is yours. Like you could have been had this party. You got a party every day. Like it's yours. But the fact is that sometimes we get so blinded. Like we're on this mission that we forget that we get to enjoy the fruits that God has for us. So we don't need to be jealous of someone who's being rewarded, who did bad and is now being praised for doing good. Right? Like we're all, we're harboring on all their past things, but that's not what God is looking at. He's looking at this moment in time that you have repent and you have come home. That's what's most important. Not everything you've done in the past. And my question is, can we do that? Can we truly give other people and be like, okay, it doesn't matter what you did. The fact that you're back and you repented is all that matters. Like, let's celebrate this moment now. Do we do that as humans? I think for us, I have to answer that question. I'm sorry, I skipped completely over. It's fine, good. Because I, I think about this all the time. I think that... We we always like to measure levels of hurt and pain, right? So we'll do it for someone who may not have hurt us much, right? That we feel like we can already get over. He's like, okay, let's just start all over. Let's act like this never happened. And let's just turn a new leaf and turn a new page and, and do it. And I think we do that. But then when there's deeply rooted hurt, it's so hard to get past it because you keep using that hurt to fuel more hurt as opposed to using it 
to to look for joy in the fact and appreciate what we actually do have. So I think that as human beings, we're, we're guilty of that. You know, I don't think we give everyone the same chance. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, just like we measure levels of sin. Well, at least I didn't kill anybody. <laughs> You're not supposed to kill anybody. You know, <laughs> so we should know at least. So it's like the same thing. So I think for me, I think we do do that, but we're not fair to others. We don't give everyone the same playing field. So. And I would agree with you. Mm-hmm. Like, I think also it depends on who it is, too. Right. You might be more forgiving as a stranger, and it's surprising that someone's more forgiving of a stranger than someone of their own flesh and blood. Yeah. Or the reverse. You know, it might be who it is. Like, okay, well, you know, because I think with the stranger, you don't have that history. Correct. With that person. So it's like, okay, let me take the stranger at their word value. They may play you just like your family member or not play you like your family member would. And you're willing to take that newness, that new person, because maybe it's new pain that you haven't experienced or you don't know that person's um, history or nuances that would affect your decision too. Mm-hmm. So you're really to one out, run out like, oh, let me, you know, let's help this this person. But meanwhile at the ranch, um, <laughs> it'll be someone <laughs> in your own family or yeah. someone that you do have a deeper relationship with. And maybe the hurt hurts more because you're figuring, oh, I have a deeper relationship with this person. Why would they do that to me? You have a certain already set expectation also with the people that you have relationships with that are longstanding versus people you don't. And then the very opposite is also true, depending on the person as well. You know, it just depends on what their their quotient is for where that that level of forgiveness or that tear of pain or that tear of hurt will stand that will affect their decision as to how they will treat somebody else that is hurting them currently. I I agree. And I think... I think we're humans, right? And this is like one of the fallacies of hum- of being human. We don't love unconditionally, right? We select the ones that we do. Because when we love unconditionally, we forgive, right? First Corinthians 13 says, love is patient and kind. It does not envy or boast. It is not proud or self-seeking. Keeps no records of wrongs. It's not easily angered, does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. Always protects, always trusts, always hopes and preserves. And I think we we don't give that out universally. <laughs> we give that out selectively, right? Because I know that I'm more forgiving to certain people than other people. Like, I've even said the other day, I was like, I end relationships for less. So why do I keep friendships for, for, for people doing wrongs, right? If someone did this in a relationship with me, I'm like, nope, deal breaker. But I don't do that to my friends. And I'm like, I want to be even. Like, I want to give everyone the same manner. I don't want to be hypocritical. But we're human. And we, we know this. We know that we love people differently and we have different measures depending on who that person is in our life like if it's your child it's unconditional right (laughs) but if it's not your child it's like "Mm, you know what i don't need you in my life i need to get you out of my circle or whatever so you know how i don't know if the answer is we have to move towards this unconditional love because i don't want people to hurt me over and over again mm-hmm. i feel like unconditional love means that you give a person a lot of, a lot of <laughs> opportunities to hurt you yeah, yeah. and i and mm-hmm. i don't want to be in that yeah. position so mm-hmm. i honestly don't know the answer to this mm-hmm. i mean i don't know what you guys think whether whether we need to be more like mm-hmm. the father and move towards the 
the unconditional love, mm-hmm. or we can just say, well, that's God. Right. <laughs> I'm not God, but I God has unconditional love for me because I'm A, either the prodigal son or B, the older son who didn't realize what was in front of him, but now, you know, my my eyes are open, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah. there's two different people we can be <laughs> in this parable. And who are we going to choose to be? Who are we going to choose the lesson from? Um, Evie, is there anything you want to add? Well, there were some questions also, like within the parable, that um, I did want to um, ask about. I guess we can save that for the live. Yeah, yeah, um, we can save okay. that for the live. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> well, this was a great discussion. Yes. Um, yes. Thank you, Abby. Thank, thank you, you guys for having me. Thank you, Yemi. I think this was awesome. We got three heads are better than one, right? <laughs> <laughs> With two and three are gathered. Amen to that. So thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Um, Before we end, we'll have a few announcements and then we will close with a prayer. Thank you for tuning into our podcast today. We hope you enjoyed our discussion on the parable of the prodigal son. Before we end, we have a few announcements and then we will close with a prayer. First, We would like to announce that we will be back next Wednesday with another podcast on the parable of the dishonest manager. This can be found in the book of Luke, chapter 16, verses 1 to 15. We are super excited to be back on tonight with our Wisdom Wednesday's YouTube live discussions. Here, we will be covering the power of parables and how they relate to our lives and our walk with Christ. This will take place tonight at 7.15 p.m. sharp, Eastern Don't forget and don't miss it. Lastly, our weekly podcast, Treading Faith, is available on Apple, Spotify, and Google. Please check out our Instagram page for updates. And don't forget to follow us, like us, comment, and share with your family, friends, and neighbors alike. Now let us join together in prayer because we believe in the power of prayer. God desires that we come to him and be restored back into his grace and favor. Isaiah 55, 11 says, God's word does not come back void. Our prayers are strengthening in numbers, so we ask that you come into agreement with us for this closing prayer. Father God, save our lost children. Father, we ask you to take all the glory in the name of Jesus. Lord, help us to transmit love to our lost souls. Fill us with your love and fill us with your joy. Heavenly Father, move us to conquer our fears and complexes, and our laziness and differences, and to become engaged in the mission to save our souls. Give us the strength, O Lord, to go to you and ask you for forgiveness, Father God, and ask you for strength to stay afloat, Father God. We ask you, Father, to pray for those who are lost and cannot find their way. You have said in your word, Lord, that the Son of Man has come to save those that are lost. You have also said, Lord, that if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray, that he would leave the 99 and he would go to the mountains to look for that one who has strayed. 
Father God, we ask you to guide those that have gone astray and bring them back home to you, Father God. Bring them back home where they can relish in your joy, Father God, and in your grace and in your mercy. Father God, we ask that those who have lost their way, that they find it through Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Father God, we ask that may the words of our mouths and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. In Jesus' precious name, may we all come in agreement and say amen, amen, and amen. Our Father in heaven loves to take seemingly hopeless lives and bring it back to him. So Father, give your child the gift of prayer and trust that God will use them for the purpose of only greatness. We ask and we thank you to continue to support us and we thank you for your prayers. Until then, we see you next time. Please don't forget to tune in at 7.15 p.m. Eastern. We love you, be well, and bye.